right on the pipe. <laughs> that one may have left a pretty good dent. <laughs> okay, let's hear you're energized. Welcome to the Big Rock Podcast. <laughs> That's it? That's all I had. All right, well, I'm Forrest. This is Brandon. Uh, we talked to you a couple weeks ago, and we're back. So um, I guess things we can talk about today, um, starting out, is the machete issue. What happened there? All right, so the machete, well, it's more of like a sword, if we're going to be honest. It was a, my dad got into knife making a while back, and he made a what I would call like a knife, but realistically it's about 30 to 36 inches long, just like a, a, a thin-edged sword. And he's been making them, and he wanted me to go test it out. And I was like, what better place to test it out than this hard enduro course that we're building? And so I walk out there, and I, we got a bunch of, like, shrubs and brush. Um, so... I was trying to think of what the best way to get it all cleared out of the way is, and I figured that would at least take a decent chunk of it out. So I step out of the car, I take one swing at some branches, stabs me in the eye, and I was like, oh, and I, I was rubbing my eye for like 10 seconds. I, I was about to just leave after that, but I was like, uh, no, I was like, I'll just keep cutting. It was cold out, I'm pretty sure it was snowing, and so I was like, anything that goes wrong I was like I'm just gonna get out of here there's no point in wasting my time but I uh taken a second swing and the second one whips me right in the face I was like oh my gosh are you serious and uh rubbed it out and <laughs> I don't know if we could leave that in there but it'll be alright and uh right idea wrong choice of words <laughs> yeah and so uh, I take a third swing at this next branch, and the knife rolls in my hand. The handle was a little too round. I drop it, and on its way to the ground, it just basically brushed against my leg and cut clear down to the bone right on my shin. Um, yeah, got a few stitches in that one. Yeah, I uh, immediately, I, I honestly wasn't even going to, like, I, I didn't think anything of it. I was just in immediate shock, uh, so I, I'm... Kind of was like looking around. I was like, "Wow, that was that was really strange." I looked down. I took like two steps, saw red in the snow, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "That that must have been a pretty serious so, something happened." And so I looked down at my leg, and uh, I was like, "Oh no, I I'm cut right where it hit me." And so run back up to the car, and I just had to make that split decision if I was gonna just drive to the hospital if I was gonna be able to make it home first. So. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to lose too much blood, so to kind of took my sock off, made a little tourniquet out of it, uh, but wound up going to the hospital, got eight stitches and a, a tetanus shot, so. Nice. Yeah, I and, thought you were going to tell the real story about how the machete saw your twig legs and tried cutting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're trying to build those up. Yeah, know? try to build those calf muscles up. Yeah, but I was a little worried. It, I think it happened on, what was that, a, two, a Wednesday night, and... The Lewiston race was Sunday, so I only had a couple days to get better for or from that. He said at least 10 days before I could take my stitches out, and I gave it a solid three full days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, screw it, we're racing, so. That honestly ties into our next, uh, I guess, question. So in the last <laughs> podcast, we talked about how 
we wanted to race A-class, so we've signed up for a few A-class races just because we feel like we're to that level for those certain types of races. Now, with the leg incident, we weren't sure where we were going to end up on the first race of the year. Now, looking back at it, we should have gone with A-class. We raced B-class. Yeah. Um, got a little bit of flack for that because yeah. <laughs> we were a little bit ahead of a lot of the people. Um, I mean, unfortunately, we obviously didn't get first. Yeah. So we weren't the only ones out there that thought that they were B-class and maybe should have been A-class. But, like I say, unfortunately, we some of our buddies, we lapped twice. Yeah. And if you're lapping people multiple times, maybe we should move up a class. I agree. I so agree. that was a, a my bad on our part. And the next race... I would say we're going to race A-class, but I think someone talked us into racing pro-class. Well, we're racing Ironman pro. They just yeah. have an amateur Ironman and a pro. Well, no, we have the Desert 100 still. That's in Yeah, but that's just open, so airway. that's still... I think that that's still considered pro. Oh, okay. You, I mean, a pro can race open, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. Um, never done the Desert 100. That's also a good topic. Um, Desert 100. I'm not really sure if I want to do it. Come on, man. So, uh, what, what's stopping you from Desert 100? I don't know. I've just, ne you've never done it. I've never done it. I think it'd be fun. I get that, but I just hear, and it's not like the 100 miles, that's super cool subject. Uh, I like the fact that it is a grueling race. Like, I like that part. The fact, the part that I don't oh, like, yeah, and I get that, that yeah, <laughs> I get that you can. I get hurt anywhere dirt biking. Like, yeah. that's just, if you're dirt biking, there's a chance of you getting hurt. But this race every year, I mean, this could be a hillbilly down in the middle of nowhere. He knows someone that broke something at the Desert 100. Like, everybody has a buddy or a brother or a grandmother that got <laughs> hurt at the Desert 100. Yo, respects to whoever's grandmother's <laughs> racing that, though. <laughs> so that's what makes me a little bit nervous is just... Not being able to see where you're going because of the dust, and it everyone's could, saying that they get it hurt. It may not be dusty. There's a there's a chance a 50, that it's not dusty. Chance. But um, no, I'm gonna do it just because yeah. everyone says that my balls are small because I'm not gonna do the race. But <laughs> no, I think that's not true. All right. Yeah, I think he he's been talking about wanting to train for hard enduro, and I get that. Like that's all stuff that he's gonna need to figure out. But like. I personally think doing the Desert 100, that's 100 miles of racing. And when do you rarely ever get a ride 100 miles on your dirt bike? Typically, it's stop and go, and you're chatting for a little bit. I mean, you might be out for six hours riding one day, but you're not racing for six hours yeah. or four to six hours. Who knows how long it'll take us. Yeah. Another reason why I'm kind of anxious to do it is because by then, I'm hoping I can have some on-the-go, like, microphones and stuff like that because i want to be able to maybe do like a on the spot question like go around ask people questions so if you see us at the desert 100 maybe come up to us and we'll uh, throw a mic in your face and see if we can't get some funny questions out of you or just some dirt biking questions because we're curious about the desert 100 just as much as a lot of people so maybe that'll go on our instagram we might film it we might not maybe it'll just be like on kind of a podcast thing yeah, I think that'd be pretty fun. Go around and harass yeah. some of the crowd a little bit. Yeah. See, so. not even just Desert 100 questions, but just amateur dirt bike questions. You know, we're out here trying to figure out what everybody's perspective on it is and 
Yeah, maybe I'll get some of those bead necklaces, and we can, uh, if you answer the right question, we might be able to give you some necklaces. That's what the beads are for, <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, so. that would be fun, though. So, if yeah, if you see us out there, uh, hopefully we'll get it all squared away and maybe set something up. So if you see us, come find us. And Yeah, so um, how'd the Lewiston race go for you? Um, it was a Lewiston GP so it's a little bit higher speed, but how did it go for you? Do you feel good? I honestly, I, it was it was really kind of up to the last minute decision. I mean, Forrest was texting me the day that I sliced my leg open, and uh, he was like, he's like, oh, you're, you're so you're pretty much out for the race, right? And I was like, oh, well, I'd really like to like push to the last minute. I'll let you know though. He's like, well, I'll probably just race Ironman then. So. I waited till we went down what Sunday morning so I waited till like Saturday very last minute and I was like all right for some I was like he was already down there I was like I'm gonna be there and I was just gonna I was gonna try it I tried on all my gear it seemed to not really rub too bad when I was on the bike walking around uh caused a little bit of pain but I mean when you're racing you got so much adrenaline so I was like let's do this and uh well, Forrest started off the race, which I feel like kind of helped. They they had everyone stacked in the starting gates for 15 minutes. I couldn't even imagine what kind of uh, emotions and exciting... Uh, My anxiety was going through yeah, the roof, yeah, sitting yeah, there I doing nothing. I, mean, I was like sitting there, standing there, trying to get a video of the start for him, and just standing there, my boot was rubbing into my shin, and I was like... Uh, I've really got to sit down, otherwise this isn't going to end well. I might just tell Forrest when he comes in on his next lap to just keep on going because I was like, I'm out. And uh, But right after that, I got on the bike, and it, it all kind of went away, so it was good. Uh, once I got out there, I so last, this is kind of a throwback to the Lewiston race in the fall. I just rebuilt the motor, first time I've ever done it. I used the wrong base gasket on the, in between the cylinder and the head and really bad compression made the bike run terribly there's a huge straightaway at this race uh, where you'll you'll hit sixth gear pin for sure and my bike was running terribly so this race I got out there got to open her up hit that power band in sixth gear it was it was pretty good feeling it felt uh, nice and right and right at home so uh, got around there's kind of like a grass track, uh, for say, and I felt like I was really focusing on standing up, uh, like pinching the bike with my legs, which I, I've been just trying to tell myself to do that uh, just in my head while I'm racing, uh, as well as braking late and braking hard. So use those front brakes to your advantage, and I feel like that helped. I mean, out of all those corners at that race, I think I blew through two of them. So, I mean... I probably should have been going faster, so maybe blown through a couple more corners, but... Yeah, you can always go faster. Um, that's my biggest problem. My corner speed is so slow that I know that if my corner speed was faster, I would, I would there would be minutes on my time, not... For sure. Just because I come into a corner, and if you watch our YouTube, you can see the start, which I had a fairly decent start, but I always, I always start braking too soon, and I don't have enough... I don't trust my cornering abilities. I feel like I'm going to slide out, so I'm 
constantly going slower than I should through a corner. So every time I go through a corner, it seems like I either get past or I just am taking way too much time. So I really have to work on my cornering abilities because they're lacking right now, and I know that I would save minutes on my time if my cornering was better. For sure, yeah. You saw that video of Anthony going on that straightaway. He almost blew through the yeah. fence at well, the end. I would like to not go through a fence. He took breaking late and breaking hard to the a perfect yeah. perfect execution right there. So Yeah, so um, I struggled with that. My first couple laps were pretty brutal just because new track. Um, yeah. And it's not really new. Like, I knew the track. We hadn't done the track, actual track jump part of it. Oh, yeah. They wrapped so, us around that track motocross part last year. Yeah, I didn't really do any of the jumps the first couple laps, but I, I by the end, I was jumping everything. Yeah, that that's a huge factor to those races, though. If you can get out and get comfortable, like those hair scrambles where they you're out in a field and then they bring you into like a motocross track, uh, if you're comfortable on those jumps and enough to basically just hit every jump with like, you carry so much more speed by doing that instead of rolling them. Yeah, and it, uh, your first lap, I mean, you were jumping, though. You jumped that triple on the first lap. Blindly. I had Blindly. no idea it was there. Was there. No, I, no way I was going to jump that. I'm Threw my sack over sure. my shoulder. And but you could tell in our times. I mean, you were 10 minutes to 10 and a half minutes, and mine was all, I was hovering 11 minutes every time. Yeah. So, I mean, you're 30 seconds to a minute ahead of me on each lap, and that has to do with me not having the sack to jump over those <laughs> jumps. And that's, I mean, a huge time saver if you can jump those jumps. Oh, yeah. And we've learned that at multiple tracks. That When I don't jump the jump, it slows me down a lot. Jumps are an easy way to get hurt, so that always makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, I got a family to go home to. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I have work to go to on Monday. Right. But... I need to start doing more of that. I need to maybe spend a little bit more time on the track this summer if we are going to do more of these races. And then my corner speed. Uh, I am going to spend a lot of time working on my cornering abilities. Uh, and it, it should make me faster. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. we can be in one of the upper A-class races. That would be cool. So. I think corner speed is pretty big, too. Yeah. If you can, you'll save some time. There's actually the race after the desert 100 is going to be out of airway and that track is basically turns yeah if it's just turn after turn after turn after turn when you're out in that field if you can hold speed through those mm -hmm. we'll do pretty good well you were talking about wanting to do it iron man so yeah that'll be cool i think we're just going to send it race pro iron man like why not you know yeah Might there's as a well. chance to earn money everywhere else you're just racing so yeah, and I mean, honestly, shot. I'm taking that race more of, an, an I need more endurance. I need to yeah, yeah, be yeah. on the bike longer, and if we're doing these team races, we're racing 10 minutes. The only exception I would say that I want to race a team race is the Muddy Butt, just because that's such a fun race to race as a team, yeah. or just the way that race is designed. You're on the track for not just 10 minutes, you're on for 30, sometimes oh, yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah, that it, that race that. just seems like it has a cool, like, fun uh, family environment, so. Yeah, so that'll be a good one to race as a team, but I need to get my endurance up, and I think the only way to do that is racing 
Iron Man. Yeah, got to yeah. be on the bike longer. Got to get that clutch working more. Yeah. Be on my feet more because my butt is constantly on that seat and I need to change that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. Grip the bike with your legs. Yeah. I see so many guys on social media and stuff and like, or uh, it's usually those GoPro videos kind of either on their chest or like lower chin mounts on helmets and stuff. Sometimes you'll see them like pointed down a little bit too far. Whenever I see that, I'm always paying attention. I'm looking at like how tightly are they? They're like gripping the crap out of their bikes. Yeah. So it's like, wow. Yeah, embarrassed to say this, but when Coleman passed me, um, I could see his... It was expected. Yeah, it, I mean, this is expected, but I can see how tight his legs are to his bike. Like his yeah. knee... I mean, it almost looks weird because he's pinching his bike so hard. Yeah. Um, it does kind of look weird. Like I'm like, dang, that looks like it hurts kind of. <laughs> right. But I guess if you just get used to it and... It kind of uh, helps with the uh, arm pump, though, when you're hanging on with your legs instead yeah. of your arms. Kind of loosen up the grip on your hands and... Yeah, my first two laps, the arm pump was... Well, my first lap... I guess I didn't have arm pump till like three quarter right when I hit the jumps, three quarters of the way through the track. Oh yeah, um, that's when my arm pump commenced. The hydropower didn't save you, bro. No, no, it didn't. Not this time. Not this time. Dang. But uh, you just didn't take a. There was still some left in my yeah. bag when you were done. I think it was probably because you didn't get the full dose. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. You gotta take a, a leveled scoop. But uh, yeah, so my second lap. I got to the end of the wheat field, and my arm pump was back. But progressively through the race, my arm pump starts to go away, and I feel like that's where we make up our time. So, uh, at least for me, I get progressively faster through the race. Even though I'm getting more tired, for some reason, my laps always get faster and faster throughout the race. Yeah. So... Have you noticed, like, different grips, like, changing arm pump at all so i've only used a couple grips i've used some renthal grips and i constantly had problems with them i'd wire time i'd glue them and i constantly had problems with them twisting on me here let me get him out of here okay the dog's gone yeah (laughs) he blew it sandrick he's wiggling the mic don't worry, it wasn't, all this stuff he wasn't doing wasn't like super loud. Yeah. He's under the table. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, what are you doing under the table? <laughs> I don't think it's sad or he reached out there since my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Kind of forgot where we were. I was asking you about grips and stuff. Uh, if you oh, think yeah. different grips are going to cause different amounts of arm pump or how it will affect that. Yeah. So I've, uh, like I say, I've used the Renthal grips, and they were constantly twisting on me. No matter what, I'd glue them, I would uh, wire tie them, and it just wouldn't work. They would twist on me. So you turned me on to the ODI grips, and I've only used the same ones. I've used their thinner version, um, the ones with like the lines on them. I don't know what they're called, but they're a super sticky grip and they're a lock-on grip. That has changed how easy it is to put a grip on and how they don't move. Like I don't get them to move at all. So I haven't really noticed that that's helped me or hurt me with arm pump just because they're a super thin grip. And I get arm pump no matter what, I think. I think it's more 
my arm pump comes from just stress. Like I'm constantly like grabbing a hold of my bike. I get so anxious with races that I just grab a hold of my bike and I'm just squeezing with my arms as hard as I can. Yeah. Once I start to relax, it starts to go away. So that's why progressively through the race, it starts to go away just because I think I'm relaxing more. I'm not as tense and my lap times get faster due to that. Yeah, I think I think you're talking about those the ODI Pro lock-on grips yeah, yeah, is what yeah. they were. Uh, I use those. I think I think that's all that's been on my bike was the Pro ones, and I, I didn't have a problem with them. I thought they wore out a little fast. Like I got through quite a bit of riding, and then I think like two races, and my pinkies were basically almost wore through the grips. But so I was like, well, I still like these ODI ones, so I went and. I tried to find a different like makeup of them. I guess you could say I, I found a different model. They have the the rogue grips, and let me tell you, those are sticky. Like you twist the throttle and let go without like holding on to it, it'll rip your glove right off. Like it'll attach to your hands, which is really nice. Uh, they're just they feel a little like a bigger diameter, so I don't know, a little bit harder to hang on to. But I've just been using them for oh like probably six months or so now and i'm i haven't gone away from them i like them so yeah i definitely think they they're sticky and i think that's cool so i but i do have some of those pro ones i might try again just to see maybe you can like rotate them every time you burn your pinkies through them rotate yeah, i've them also noticed like even if they do wear through like you're saying by wearing through you're saying it's because they don't have any of that texture on there anymore yeah i still notice that they're still super sticky like yeah, yeah i don't yeah. think that you're gonna lose grip off of that i just think it just doesn't look as good maybe yeah that's probably what it is i think yeah. the the grips that came on my bike were those pro ones and like yeah. they were just all they were like the ktm black and orange ones and i was like Ooh, i was like these look trashed and like hideous yeah. they're all like faded but like I, I put them on the shelf and i was just looking at them before i came over here and i was like might throw those back on and i was yeah. like they're looking kind of ideal right now i want to try that thinner grip so yeah for sure um I think it might make a difference having a thinner grip. I could be wrong. I know a lot of people run those palm protectors too, and I think that's just something that like you put like over your fingers. Donut? No, it's like you put over your fingers and it protects this area so you don't get like blisters and stuff. Oh. Okay. And I don't know if that affects you mean, like gloves. Kind of <laughs> like it goes inside of your glove. Oh, okay. So um, I think that just is mainly for blisters, and I've just been listening to stuff for like the desert 100 lately i hear a lot of people get blisters off of that race just because you're on your bike for so long yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but sure. um i don't know if the fat grip has to do with like arm, arm pump, pump but it's possible um uh, i find it either way so i think you're gonna fight it either way when yeah. you get it i know if there if only there was just like an exercise we could do to reduce arm pump That'd yeah, it's called ride your bike more. <laughs> so get used to that I'll just racing not, I'll just not think about it, you know? If I just don't think about it, I won't even care, right? Yeah. Um, so I went through and I posted on Instagram asking questions. I just wanted to know what people wanted to hear. There was multiple things, and I want to cover a few of them. Uh, we've been talking about bikes lately. Uh, we both want to get a new bike next year. We don't really want to get a new bike next year. Yeah, I but really like my bike. Yeah, because I like my bike too. Um, there's a few things that I have learned along the ways with Sherco over KTM. Um, there's some things I like about your bike 
over mine and there's some things I like about my bike over yours. So I can't decide what I want to do. I'm going to get a four-stroke. It's just going to be a second bike. I want... Going to the dark side, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to have two bikes, though, so oh. I'll have a two-stroke and a four-stroke. I, I want my wife to be able to ride one of the bikes. She'll probably ride the two-stroke. And Brandon to ride the, yeah. his bike when he's not riding the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm assuming she'll ride the two-stroke when I'm riding the four-stroke. or how, I don't really know. We'll figure it out at that point. But I can't decide what I want. I hear Sherco makes a 300 four-stroke. I don't know 100% if I want it or not. I've been eyeing that KTM 350 XCF. But... W. I don't you want, want the, the w. w. No, I do not Come want on. the W. Um, I want... He thinks headlights look weird on four-stroke. It's not just that. Oh, so, okay. like, your transmission is different, I believe, in that. I think your first and second is super low. Perfect. And then you have... Yeah, but <laughs> I, this is going to be more of, like, a track slash enduro cross bike. So I want the gears to be a little bit more normal. But gotcha. I want that 18-inch rear wheel. Um, the only thing is, is they went to that composite subframe. No. Now, we have learned from this last past race weekend, our, our buddy Wayne, he had a tip over i don't know how you call that a tip over i don't know how bad it was he yeah, didn't really think. say how bad it was i think he was just kind of like in shock maybe his wife was like gonna beat him when he gets home or something <laughs> but no i'm just playing uh, uh he i know he, he had a gopro on he, he's got to have the video yeah. out there he, I, think. I think he's hiding it from us yeah he doesn't want us to know what happened to his poor bike yeah we feel bad for him um I came back to the pits after this is the f very first lap, and uh, I was like, I was like, what's up, bro? I was like, uh, how how'd your first lap go? And he's like, not good. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, check it out. And I just see his bike sitting there, no seat, half the plastics are gone, the whole back subframe's like twisted and broken off on the bike, and I was like. Oh yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like you're not racing there probably. And Mind you, his wonderful wife just bought him all of these plastics, all of these graphics, make his bike look brand new. And it looked pretty cool. And it looked really good, but it no longer looks really good. <laughs> he attempted a backflip on <laughs> the Lewiston track. So that's so what I'm worried so about. Said. I'm worried about that composite subframe because we. Are, I can't tell you how many times my rear fender hits the dirt just because I loop it out. Like, I am amazed. Um, I loop out my bike a lot. Yeah, loop it out, throw it down. So I'm just worried that that composite frame isn't going to hold up, but who knows. I'll probably do it anyways, unless I can find a... Well, I think the 2023 still has a composite frame. The XEs? Uh, composite subframe, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, it just doesn't sound super appealing to me. I think I'd rather have the aluminum uh, uh, subframe for sure. So. Yeah, I wonder if you could put an aluminum one on back on it. But no, I doubt it because they look so weird. Why the aluminum sub or the composite sub? Yeah, they look so much different. So I doubt you could do that I mean, unless you went to like all the old fenders I think they and even everything. May have redesigned the frame a little bit, so yeah. like getting one to bolt up would just be a nightmare. Can't quite Frankenstein that one together. So I. I can't decide what I want to do. If you have a Sherco 300 four-stroke, uh, my Instagram is forestrogers underscore 59. Shoot me a message. I want to know your insights on it. Or if you have a KTM 350 XCF, I want to know your insights on it. 
help me decide what bike I want to get because those are the top two bikes I've been looking at as far as four strokes go and I can't decide what I want to do there but by next year I'll make a decision I'm sure yeah I, I'm either looking at I think the new 2024 XCW uh, would be a cool bike just having a TBI uh, I've heard really good things about it so everybody's liking the power delivery and uh, basically how it makes power even so I mean, a little new look to it and new bike, I think, would be cool. But I do like your idea of having a two-stroke and a four-stroke. So I might be on the same page with him. I might just keep my bike that I've got right now. I already got a, a little hardened arrow weapon, and then I might try to b purchase four-stroke. So Yeah, I think that would Don't be Don't tell it. my mom, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that one's going to be hard to hide. You can keep it at my house, actually. Oh, how <laughs> nice of you. I just see his daughter out there riding. Yeah, bike. probably. No, she wouldn't get on an orange bike. <laughs> I know. I, I think he's on the hook for buying two more bikes. He's got a little one coming up, so yeah. he's going to have to uh, get her riding two wheels before sooner than later. I've been looking at the P-dubs lately. Yeah. If you got a P-dub, let me know. Yeah, you should just get her right on a KTM 52 stroke. That'd be cool, too. So, um, yeah. There was a few people that wanted to know what bikes we liked. I think the KTM 350 is a good bike. If you're looking for a two-stroke, uh, that that TBI definitely interests me. Uh, the Shirko, I love my Shirko. I really like that carbureted power. The only thing is, is like we talked about going to California. This year, we're probably not going to do it till next year. Um, unless we decide to do Reno Enduro Cross, there's Heck. also that. But that's not. We gotta good. practice Enduro Cross before yeah, we, we decide do that. that. Um, we're we're uh, beginners, novices when it comes to hopping logs yeah. in a track. But the carburation thing, it, it gets tricky when you start traveling, especially to different elevations. They say there's a smart carb, but the power is not necessarily the same as what I've heard. So that's where the tbi bikes i think come into play or the tpi bikes that's where they would be nice because then you don't even have to deal with it yeah I, i've i know last year we were climbing uh pack saddle and i your bike was running a little wonky up there on top so. i didn't change anything on my carburetor and that sucker it was like 100 degrees out and yeah. we were at seven thousand feet and tpi just kind of yeah. ran like normal the whole day yeah super easy didn't touch a thing yeah 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 <laughs> So, uh, yeah, those are the bikes we, we probably would choose um, to get. They make, they're both good bikes. There's a lot of good bikes out there. Gas Gas makes a good bike. I think, now this is just my opinion, but I think they look like they were kind of made in uh, a cheap way. I thought you were going to say China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they look like they were made in a cheap way. I think a they are the budget version yeah, of those but, three bikes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know that I think KTM, KTM owns them if I'm not. Yeah. So I think that they were made in a cheap way. I think people make them look really cool. Like Spencer Wilton, his bike looks really cool. Yeah. Um, you can make them look really cool. At first, I'm not too fond of them. Um, Let's be honest. Is it the silver? Silver bars, silver wheels? Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe that's what it is. And I'm, I'm a big looks advocate. Um, yeah, right? So, uh, Lincoln's got a beta. Um, that yeah. seems like a good bike. I really liked riding it. 
It's got a little bit of vibration there that I wasn't a huge fan of, but I did like riding it. So it felt like I was riding a rototiller. Yeah, yeah, lawnmower, rototiller, whatever. Super stiff. It did. It was pretty stiff. But, but I mean, I only weigh like a hundred and like fifty-five pounds. And it's brand so, new, so yeah. it's got to have a little bit of breaking time. We'll give it a little bit of time, see how it goes. He's loving it. Yeah. Um, granted, he had a YZ two fifty, like a two thousand three before that. So, I mean, that's a big upgrade. Yeah. Um, Johnny got a new KTM, and if he doesn't think I'm not gonna ride that thing. I, heard, I, heard, I know where his garage is, dude. <laughs> I heard you put a nice little beauty scratch yeah. on the side of her, too. Yeah, he scratched it up. So, uh, Get it broken in. Yeah, I might have to ride that if he lets me. Um, what is it? What did you buy? Uh, 2023 KTM 300 XCW. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, for, uh, Forrest doesn't necessarily... He likes riding my bike. I know he does. He, he always has a little smile when I look back, but he said it's too weird. I got it set up like... It's like a unicorn when he gets on it, so... It is weird. Um, he can't get a good uh, idea if he likes the KTM. Yeah. Solely be just because my bike's so weird. But Yeah. It, it's honestly the only thing I've ever rode, so I, I don't know any different. Um, you did say you were starting to get more fond of the wider handlebars. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just had to make them look wider. No, 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 no. I like the way they feel. I was just trying to agree with you guys. You guys, mm-hmm. they were all making fun of me. I cut my bars down, and they're bent down. They're the Ricky Carmichael low-bend bars. They're the Ricky Carmichael low-bend bars with plus lots of crashes bend. on them. Plus bends. And so uh, they bend down far. They roll back far. Kind of feels like I'm riding a bike with, like, well, minus the ape hangers up high. But it's kind of what it feels like. So, yeah. But, yeah, when I look back at him when he's riding it, he's just all scrunched up and, like, I don't know, it looks kind of goofy. So, But I put some SXS hand guards on it. It kind of beefed it up a little bit. They have adjustable uh, guard uh, where they can sit, and so I moved them up. So now it sits nice and level from the front appearance, beefs it up a little bit. It looks good now, so I'm happy with them. Yeah. Save me the money of buying some new bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, it is weird to ride, I will admit that. So that's why I want to ride Johnny's. I want to know what a different one feels like um, compared to yours, I guess. Yeah. So um, get a little bit different feel, see what I want to do, see if I want to go to an orange bike. I'm not fully convinced Do it, do it, it. do it. But there's a lot of good bikes out there. Um, Yamaha makes a good bike for a budget. I like an electric start. So I'm always going to go that route now. Like, there's no way I'm going back to a solely kick-started two-stroke. Yeah. Electric start's just too nice. Do I wish I had, like, or the capability of putting in a backup kick-start? Yes. That worries me a little bit. But we'll make it work. right. So if a battery dies, you'll just have to pull me out. Yeah. Luckily for you, I do not carry a tow strap. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... What were some of the other uh, questions they were asking? Oh, uh, one person asked how to get a green card. I think that's pretty irrelevant to what we got going on here. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) that was pretty funny. No, um... How do you... No, I'm just kidding. So, Lewiston Race was on there. Um, What bikes we thought. Racing in the right class. Yeah, racing in the right class. Some people were pretty mad about that. Ah, I'm sorry. I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, We're sorry about that. We will move up in class. 
Yeah. And if we lose, we lose. Yeah. Well, well I, I don't know. I think riding with people that are, I would hopefully say, better than you are going to push you. Yeah. I mean, if you're just going to sit there and try to stay in front of the pack, but the pack's taken off from you, like, you're going to speed up to stay with them. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, that'll definitely make you a better rider. Oh, yeah. So, what else was on there? Oh, yeah, Brandon's lady life. How's the lady life, Brandon? Well, um... It, it, tends, it, <laughs> it tends to favor the dirt bikes yeah, a little. Yeah. When I split it down, uh, you know, I like to split it right down the middle. About 90, 10 dirt bikes, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I just, I don't know. I, I've got, I, I just got into dirt bikes like a year, year and a half ago. And then Forrest got me into these doing these races last year. And I just kind of am like... I, I want to do good. I feel like it's really, really addicting. Like, really, really addicting. And I look at these other people. Most of them have been doing these races and races since they were a kid. They've been riding their whole life. And so coming into it, starting at 19, 18, 19 years old, I'm like, wow, I've got essentially 18 years to make up in time. So... Uh, right after work, almost like every day I can, I'll literally head straight out to our ORV park up in Liberty Lake and ride. I just, I'm trying to catch up on all those years that I missed out on, so. Yeah. It tends to, uh, leave me with not a lot of free time, and I'm sure most of you guys know that our race and, and like, privateering it, you know, it, it's a lot of work. You come home from riding and you're working on your bike, um. And before races, you're changing your own tires, you're doing all your bike maintenance. I know, like, even my buddies, they're always out trying to do stuff, and I'm, I'm like, no, I can't. And they're like, come on, I'm, I'm working on my bike, so. Yeah, it definitely takes up a lot of time. Um, I do think that eventually you're going to... I guess don't, it depends. Well, on don't where. think we're not... I, I think I you're going to... girls yet. Yeah, I think we'll you're going to regret not... Doing a having a little bit of fun when you uh, get older, and I could be I'm wrong. Just, I'm hoping for the Supercross cheerleaders to hit me up once I go pro. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think you need to have somewhat of a home life. Um, I'm sure your parents would enjoy it, yeah. and I'm sure that you might eventually transfer over a little bit. I. Well, the 10% now is plenty, all right? Yeah, Those right. girls are crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think you eventually you'll you'll transfer over maybe to like 20%. Yeah, I might be able to bargain with that. We'll come around. See, I'm in a totally different boat. Um, I'm married, uh, have a wonderful wife, and I have a little girl, uh, almost three years old. She'll be three years old in August, and... I love spending time with them. So it's hard for me. You get a ride every day. I I sometimes am jealous of you riding every day, and Brandon's always giving me a hard time. <laughs> why, why don't you go riding with me today? I'm like, bro, I can't go riding with you every day. Like, I want to see my daughter. I want to see my wife someday. So 
Um, my wife has been a saint through this whole thing. Sometimes she gets a little, like I ended up having to make a schedule for my dirt biking just so she knew, Hey, this is going to be your day home. This is going to be your dirt biking day. This is kind of like a practice schedule. See, I got one of those too. Yeah. My schedule just has seven days <laughs> and they all say dirt bike. So yeah, Except for Friday. I like spending time <laughs> with my time. wife and kid too. So, uh, I try and ride as much as possible. Right now, we have the short days, so I haven't been riding as much. But pretty soon, I'll start adding more days into those riding. Um, and on my days off, I'm going to try and do my best to be there for my wife and Teal. Um, just because they mean just as much to me as dirt biking. And maybe you'll be there one day. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Uh, no, no, the, the last girl I was with, she, they were... They seemed pretty cool about me dirt biking. They wanted to watch yeah. me succeed and support me. So Yeah, that's cool. They are out there. You just got to find them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so enough of the sappy stuff. But uh, We're getting straight to business. Yeah, man. we're getting straight to business. What you got? Um, I'm trying to think of uh, other things we were asked. I think that was pretty much it. Um, there was quick. a few... What's up? Real quick, we can cut this if you don't like it, but uh, what you were saying about making up 18 years or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, do you let that discourage you? Uh, no. I I, uh, I honestly think it drives me a little bit harder. I know I got, like, that's a long time. That's a long time that these people have been riding. So I'm like, if I got an hour after work, I'm going to go use it. So I think that's just every little bit that you can get out there get on your bike and i'm like everything's gonna help me i i'm started at ground zero i got nothing but yeah and then I mean, like when you start beating those people it feels pretty good huh yeah yeah yeah, for so. sure no yeah forrest uh when he convinced me to do that first race uh, out at airway like i had zero expectation of like i don't even know how racing works and that was just last year so I think coming into it, and then I just jumped right into an Ironman. I didn't have a partner to race. I literally knew nobody in the community, so the dirt bike community, that is. But Yeah, we haven't even had our bikes a full year, um, so watching Brandon race and get, getting better as much as he is, um, he's progressively getting better mm-hmm. the more he does it. And I'm trying to keep up with the kid, but, man, he's young, <laughs> and he rides every day. That's just what it comes down I, to. Force was telling me he had to run an extra five miles. Every mile I run, he's got to run five more. So yeah. just to be able to keep up with me. <laughs> I got a freaking dump truck. I'm going to make it easy him. on him. I won't run a single mile. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that was a good question. Yeah, that was good. Um, it, it is impressive. Uh just kind of watching where we are um i'm a little bit older than brandon so i got just that much more sometimes that's discouraging um i think that i'm I'll very get up this hill you old fart while, right? uh no so i've had dirt bikes for a long time but i never seriously rode them and then when we got out of high school i just got rid of my dirt bike so i haven't had dirt bikes for a decade basically um and so basically, I'm kind of just starting fresh as well. And I mean, the type of work, the type of riding we're doing hasn't even been around that long. So yeah, so we're, we're doing something completely different than what would have been out there. I guess I'm glad 
I kind of see hope because when you look at the motocross industry, you see all these kids that are sometimes not even 18 years old, and then you see those older guys. They're like, yeah, I'm old and retired, and I'm like 30 years old, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, retired at 30? You got guys like Hayden Deegan that yeah. are like 16, 17 years old racing on factory teams. So And That's then you cool, look though. at your hard enduro, and you see Graham Jarvis. He's the best that there is, basically, and he's in his upper 40s. So it gives me hope that I'm not... I have, I have not a chance of, the of being yet. there. Yeah. Um, as whereas some of the other sports, I don't. Um Cody Webb, he a lot of people see him as an older racer too, but he's he's in his prime right now. I think he's going to, I mean, he's getting second, first and second at these races still, so he's still got a long time to go. I think, um, and he's a lot older than I am, so I think that I have a ways to go. Um, it is weird. There is a lot of there's like no in between riders that I hang out with. Anyways, it's either you're riding with a guy that's 50 years old or older or I'm riding with high school kids. There's not really in between. Um, I need to start riding with, or we need to start riding with faster riders just because we'll be able to pick up on things Mm -hmm. um, better. And I guess that benefits us more than anything, but I I need to start picking up on some more of these things because I do want to take it seriously as well. I ride as much as I can. It's not as much as Brandon, but yeah. I do ride as much as I can. I think everything that you, everything that anybody can do, will help. Yeah. If you just get out and ride. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna help. I think well, just some of the things that I've been able to pick up on, like just solely off of social media. That's how, I, like, I think I've taught myself how to do switchbacks and pivots and slow wheelies. You name it, I taught myself it. Literally, nobody's really taught me anything Mm -hmm. through it everything's just i watch a video on instagram i watch a video on tiktok youtube like i don't know i think it's it's just like a one way of learning stuff and then i go out there and i try to put what i just saw to use oh i fail a lot like yeah my bike shows it too so my dad always used to say he'd read magazine articles and then he'd go apply that i'm like (laughs) good thing i don't have to read these days yeah right (laughs) No, uh, yeah. So uh, that comes into something else. Uh, it's really expensive to have a dirt bike. Yeah, I mean, it it's one of the most expensive sports I can find. That's for sure. Yeah, I, especially the way we're uh, riding. These parts are breaking left and right. So, what are well, the some of the ways that you cope with that? Uh, I cry. No. You cry. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, I I like to, going into these races, you know, I like to just get a new tire to start off with, and obviously those are really expensive, so I will, like, I'll get a tire solely for a race, and after that race, I'll take it off and I'll throw on, like, an old tire, or a tire that's already got a couple races on it, I'll run it to the ground, I mean, you're just practicing on it, like, yeah, can't hurt there, um, realistically, just using the full life out of your parts like yeah your bike looks trashed does it still work most of the times yes yeah uh, i just replace parts that break that are f- uh, required necessity um i bought a nice little car threw a hitch on it a little diesel jetta 
and that thing gets looks everywhere I go. I put a dirt bike trailer on the back. You you can get like 500 miles out of 11 gallon tank. So, I mean, in this the height of a gas crisis, I bought a, a decent decent little car for it. Now, is it reliable? Absolutely not. So it's been halfway decent. Like we've we've taken it to a few places where it's like questionable on whether we should be there or not um i don't know if you know saint mary's very well but if you've been there you know the mud is like clay mud and we've been on there on wet days and Threw we're some driving tires on it let yeah. her eat in the mud no. <laughs> we're driving into the campground and people are just looking at us like what are you doing here but hey we got 50 miles to the gallon getting there yeah. so you can't you can't complain about that I know, uh, like I was saying, a lot of people give me weird looks for it, and I like I, I could care less what kind of looks they give me. Honestly, it's my money that I'm spending on it. So, yeah. But I show up to uh, our Liberty Lake ORV park, and I pull in there with the Jetta, and I look over and I see uh, like a little Ford Ranger truck, and they have a lawnmower in the back with no deck on it and I was like what is going on here and I like kind of pull around slowly and uh the guy starts walking over to me and I was like oh boy I was like hopefully these guys aren't like tweakers or something and uh I, I he opens the or I open the door and he goes is that a Jetta pulling a dirt bike and the only thing I respond I was like is that a hard enduro lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah and I was like wow this is a I honestly never thought I'd see a lawnmower up here. And he's like, yep, straight piped and everything. And I was like, okay. And uh, sure enough, he ripped up the mountain on that thing. So it was honestly pretty fast. Yeah. Put that thing into rabbit mode. Next generation of hardened arrow. Yeah. (laughs) Rabbit mode. Oh, man. No, that jet has been good. It it really has been. Says uh, the guy who doesn't have to maintain it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. My truck gets like 10 miles to the gallon, and it's leaking oil right now, so I can't really say too much. Yep, all good, though. It so. gets us there. Yeah. Um, uh, what about the... I know the Desert 100's coming up. We kind of talked about it, but what are some of the things that you've heard um, about the race, uh, other than people getting airlifted out of their left and right from everybody's or everybody that you know and their grandma so like what's your strategy to this i get uh multiple different strategies i have asked quite a few people that have done well at this race i would well is top 50 in my opinion i mean out of a thousand yeah yeah, top 50 as well um and they all have different strategies so one is telling me balls to the walls on racing. So first lap, second lap, balls to the walls. You can't see anything is what I've heard. Basically, your front tire is all you can see. And uh, another told me kind of mediocre on the first lap and then rip the second lap. And then another who's done the best out of these scenarios told me he walks to his bike he gets on his bike, he cruises, and he cruises slightly faster progressively throughout the race, and by the second lap, he's ripping pretty good, and he says usually everyone's pretty spaced out. Um, so I've decided what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to cruise that first lap yeah, and then smart. try and rip the second, just because if there's a bunch of dust, I don't want to get hurt. 
I am looking forward to Silver King's Hardened Earl, and that's all I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, if, if you guys haven't seen or heard of this race, we've never been to it, but I've seen videos, and I've heard there's a thousand dirt bikes on one starting line, and they pull a cannon out in front. That's your start signal. You're like 30 to 40 yards away from your bike. The whole line of a thousand people sprint to their bikes, um, or walk if depending on your strategy. Here. I'll be walking. Yeah. I'll be walking. I think that's a good, safe uh, alternative, you know. You don't want to go out there and get hurt. And I just listened to a different podcast, and a guy said he broke his foot peg, like, less than 20 minutes into the race, and he was just sitting on his seat the whole time, and I could only imagine yeah. how painful that would be. Your core just had to be burning. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to break nothing. You got to take it easy, and then that second lap, open her up and let her eat. So Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably going to be my strategy. Um, just get through the 100 miles, man. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty big feat in itself to ride yeah. 100 miles. It, just at a, a slightly above average pace. Yeah. If you're elevated and racing, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be cool to see how some of our friends do at it as well. Uh, I know Jake Potts says he was going to try and do better than what he has done in the past well and i already told him we got to beat him at the next race yeah so. and that is the next race so, so uh, we're gonna be hopefully the walking down. to my bike uh hopefully he like crawls to his bike <laughs> yeah good luck with that <laughs> no uh johnny wants to do well um he says he loves that race chase he probably beat us just crawling to his bike um <laughs> yeah, chase is good and then Anthony and Coleman, I just, they'll do good uh, if everything goes well. Um, no one, I just hope no one gets hurt. Um, yeah, for real. Should be good. Yeah, tomorrow is going to be a good day as well. We've been battling snow left and right. It's 50 degrees one day and then snows five inches the next. Uh, right now we're in that snow blizzard. Uh, it's trying to keep us from riding every day, bro. Yeah, I was going to go to Liberty today or tomorrow and ride and then i was like no apparently everyone wants to go to matawa so we're gonna go down to matawa and see if we can't tear it up down there um it's a little bit of a drive and we're not driving jetta so uh yeah we never rode there and i've heard there's some decent hard enduro stuff so that should help with uh our training for silver kings yeah you got to take your stitches out tomorrow too don't you heck no i'm leaving those in just make sure that that cut stays closed Mm -hmm. i'll probably leave them in sunday too yeah so yeah i think uh that's probably all i have do you have anything else uh no that'll probably be good for this time so i think next time we'll uh maybe talk about some more enduro cross uh we're kind of getting excited a little premature for that but yeah we really want more enduro cross on locally honestly we have zero local enduro cross races and we don't know what the heck is up with that so enduro cross needs to come back that is a super fun thing to do. It's super fun for people to watch. Um, if anyone is even thinking about putting on an enduro cross race locally in the Washington or Spokane, Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene area, uh, I would be more than willing to help out with whatever I can. Obviously, I'm a broke apprentice, but <laughs> if you need any labor, I would be there to help. Um, yeah, as we've uh, found from, we're trying to build our own enduro cross course, and it is it's fairly labor intensive. So yeah, um, it's a lot of work. 
So hit us up there. But thanks for listening uh, to the Big Rock Podcast. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's the Big Rock underscore official. And you can follow us on our personal accounts, uh, Forrest Rogers underscore 59 and Brandon West underscore 829. Yep. And we're also on uh, YouTube. We've been posting our races there. So you'll have you'll be able to go watch that first Lewiston GP and then uh, we'll keep posting them from here on out. So yeah. And uh for sure, go give us a, a rating. Tell us if uh, we are awesome or if we're just cool. Um, let name. us know what know. you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, you can always message us on Instagram and stuff if you got ideas that you want to hear us talk about. Or yeah, we would love like to that. know what you want to uh, talk, want us to talk about on the podcast. We're hoping we can have some guests here soon. Um, we got a few guests lined up. We just have to get some more uh, set up here pretty soon. Cool. Sounds good. We'll see you guys next time.